say that all the time, and anymore I don't even know who brings Bibles, but, but I, I understand why. That's not a knock on anybody. You got it on your phone, you got it on the screen. But if you have a Bible tonight, or look on the screen, Luke chapter 7 is where we're going to go. Luke's Gospel chapter number 7. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, the Lord said, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation? I could stop right there and preach about the men of today. You could come up here and preach about the men of today. Hallelujah. And to what are they like? Verse 32, please. They are like unto children. I didn't plan this, all right? This is just, this is coming on me here right now. Sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, we have piped unto you and you have not danced. We have mourned to you and you have not wept. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a devil. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Behold, a gluttonous man, a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of all her children. Read that verse with me out loud, everybody. But wisdom is justified of all her children. I want to talk tonight about the justification of wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy what you're doing, what you've done, the goodness of God in the land of the living. Help us, God, to be men like you want us to be men, men of of holy nature and pure stature and godly desires and sacred callings in our life. We thank you for what you're doing and have done. Speak to souls in the room tonight, God. We'll give you all the praise and all of the glory, Lord. Jesus' mighty name, you may be seated, the justification of wisdom. We have all heard the word wisdom tossed about numerous times in this church in 2023. It's the year that we wanted to step up our game concerning godly wisdom. It's the year I felt compelled by the Lord to to tie the knot a little tighter and climb the ladder another rung and Develop more of a demeanor of godly wisdom. He must increase. And we must decrease. Anytime we can say more of him and less of us, that's always the better of the situations. He must increase. And I must decrease. Mr. Webster said the word wisdom is good sense. Soundness or discretion. He went on to say it is also the ability to make good decisions based on your personal 
experience. It's good sense, soundness. Remember who he's talking to here. Men that he said you're like children in the marketplace. Mommy, I want that. Daddy, I want that. It's discretion. Wisdom is discretion and the ability to make good decisions based on your experience. Everybody needs more wisdom. Would you agree with that tonight? Everybody. In ministry, in the upper levels of ministry, we need more wisdom. In management, in supervision, in families, we need more wisdom. How to spend our time, how to spend our money, where to exhaust our efforts. We need more wisdom. When I was a child, Paul said, I, I did this and I did that, but when I became a man, what did Paul say? I put away childish things. Wisdom says put away meaningless stuff from life. I need more wisdom. But worldly wisdom, which is good, I'm not putting it down right now, worldly wisdom most of the time comes through experience. So I cannot expect Brother Seth to have the wisdom of Brother Pleo. That's not a shot at you. You can't help that. I can't expect Brother Darren to have the experience of Brother Larry. Because you've got to live some to get that kind of wisdom. You've got to go through things in life to gain that kind of worldly wisdom. It's not your fault you don't have it. But if you stay around long enough, you will acquire it whether you set out to get it or not. Job said, 12 and 12 of his book, that wisdom, this kind of wisdom, worldly wisdom, is found among elderly people. The world today discards the elderly like they're trash. Don't even say excuse me when they cut in front of you. I'm going to mind my manners tonight, all right? I'm going to stay right here and look at my notes. And There was a day when moms and dads taught their kids to say, please, excuse me, and thank you. And I'm not talking about church people. Just community people taught their kids, you will say please or excuse me. Well, enough of that, all right. Job said this kind of wisdom is found in people that have been around the, the wheel a couple of times. They've learned through hard knocks. They've learned through mistakes. Hallelujah. But yet throughout the scripture we are it is literally littered with statements like Psalm 51.6 in the contemporary English version when he said, would you teach me about true wisdom? So even though life is the only way to get worldly wisdom, we are given these nuggets throughout the scriptures that it's okay to ask for wisdom in an elevated sense that we haven't earned yet. It's okay to ask for wisdom. Uh, 
Thank you, gentlemen. You don't have to do that. But it's okay to ask for wisdom even though we haven't lived long enough to gain that kind of wisdom. So that must mean, Brother Marshall, God wants me to have more wisdom than I have in the years I've lived. And it was the Apostle James that said, chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you got to first admit, I lack wisdom. Most of you said amen when I said, we all need more wisdom. I have got, I have got so much ammo in my gun safe. My favorite gun, every time I see it, I buy it. Second favorite, I buy it. And I went to the store the other day and I spent a hundred bucks. I'm like, I walked out and went, what? Why? You won't, you won't shoot all this in three lifetimes. Where's the wisdom? all this I got to deal with when I'm trying to say I'm joking I'm joking I'm, I truly am joking James said if you lack wisdom ask of God who gives to all men how liberally that means generously and it braideth not and it shall be given him every one of us and I'm in the front of the line need God to interject into our soul his personal wisdom concerning life's choices today. I don't know how often I say this. Frequently, frequently throughout the week, I say, God, I need answers today, and I don't have them right now. Would you counsel my mind? Would you give me understanding about how to deal with this? I'm trying to do what James said. I lack wisdom, so I'm asking God to pour it out on me. Gonna get quiet here though. Wisdom is worthless if you don't want it. I'm gonna preach to Brother Stacy here, he'll let me. Wisdom is worthless if you wanna be a fool, bro. If you've got your mind made up, foolishness and wisdom are opposites. I'm not pulling that word out of, of just uh, irrelevant matter. W wisdom is worthless. If you desire to live in foolishness. Colossians 4 verse 5 says we should walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Means I should live it. It should be on me on Monday. On me on Tuesday. In you on Wednesday. In you on Friday. Walk in wisdom. I did not get your approval, sister, and I'm not asking for it now, but I'm just giving you a little 30-second heads up, Sister Sonatag. <laughs> Paybacks are sweet, brother. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. But if you, if, you, if you say you want wisdom, but your lifestyle portrays folly, 
and she sent me this meme. Please, sister. Nobody shout. You can say I need wisdom all, I can say I need wisdom all I want. But if my lifestyle portrays to you that I'm kind of enjoying this. That, that's very true right there, by the way. If I shoot myself in the foot, proverbially speaking, Facebook, and then ask you, to, why haven't you helped me with the pain? That's what that is, essentially. My foot hurts. Well, why did you shoot yourself? I don't know, but fix it. Wisdom is worthless if secretly we want to be in foolishness. Listen, I, lo I love everybody. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. But I'd rather be told, how do I fix something? Than, than you burp me. I'd rather, I'd rather you tell me how to get. So Solomon. This is, Solomon just so intrigues me. He lived 70 years. If you're 30, that sounds like an old man. If you're 65, that don't sound like an old man. He didn't even get on the throne and have authority till he was 30. So for four decades he rules. Don't tell me he lived long enough and had enough natural worldly experience to write 3,000 proverbs. No, no, no. God gave him that sped up version, that hyperactive version of wisdom. Solomon could, Solomon could be walking down Main Street, Jerusalem, and see two dudes carrying on, and he'd tell his scribe, write this down, because the spirit of wisdom would come all over him. Solomon said in Proverbs 16 and 16, it's much better to get wisdom than gold. And to get understanding or insight is a good word right there. To get insight rather than silver. So Solomon is saying it's so much better to get good sense, soundness, discretion, the ability to make good decisions than to be rich. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that? And he went on to write in Proverbs 9. He references these seven pillars of wisdom. Watch all the men get quiet on me here. But there's a reason he referred to wisdom in the gender that is female or feminine, not masculine. Now, you, you may have the experience that is completely opposite of this, but um, so frequently the, the 
the case is that wisdom in a, in a lady is more visible earlier than it is in a man. Thank you, for, thank you for that. I mean, I'm not saying in every relationship. But he said there are seven pillars. The word pillars here is supports or columns. And it means container. Not only supporting horizontal or vertically, but horizontally. Where can I find the wisdom of God contained? Where can I find it supported the most? In Proverbs 9 verse 10, Solomon mentions the foundation of wisdom in the fear of the Lord. The first thing in those seven pillars that Solomon begins to break down is the fear of God. Where's the wisdom of God contained? In your fear of God. If we don't fear God, I guarantee you, we will not have much wisdom. If you can, if you can get mad at God just because a feather falls the wrong way, if you can trash ministry just because they look at you the wrong way, your fear, your fear of God is almost non-existent. Consequently, consequently, the wisdom that God wants me to have will be absent, invisible. I'm just trying to tell you what the Word said. The first place Solomon said, I can find the ability to interact with the wisdom of God is in my fear of God. I'm not talking about, you could teach this lesson. I'm not talking about the uh, shock and terror. Although Jesus said, don't just fear him that can destroy your body. That's shock and terror. But you better fear him that's able to cast your soul into hell. Shock and terror. Oh, I know. I know the charismatics don't like that. They don't like that. And oh, God is my best buddy. Oh, get me started tonight. Oh, he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But he's also the one that we are going to, we are going to fall prostrate, prostrate before and plead for the mercy of the one that sits on the throne. Whose eyes will be as a flame of fire and his voice like the thunder of many waters, John said. He won't be the humble Galilean on the throne in heaven. He'll be the judge of all mankind. He'll be the divider of the goats and the sheep before all of humankind. I'm not trying to portray a picture to you that he's not loving. God, he's so loving. If it weren't for the mercy of God and the loving kindness of God and the compassion of the Lord, where would we be tonight? But when I'm talking about the fear of God concerning the number one pillar of Solomon's portrayal of the wisdom of God, I'm talking about awe and reverence. I guarantee you, if he walked in here right now in the human form and we knew it was him, we wouldn't be going, hey, how's it going, bro? We'd be like, oh, God. 
fear of God and awe and absolute wonder. And if you take time to read through that ninth chapter of Proverbs or the third chapter of James, James, which is the New Testament Proverbs, I've told you guys that for decades, I really have. James also mentions those seven pillars only in, in an, um, a more developed form, if you would. But after the fear of God, he talks about instruction. Can you take instruction tonight? Or do you already know how to do it before you read the instructions? I told you this so many times. My brother was a master model builder. 55, 56 Chevys and, and F-12s hanging from his ceiling and, and, you know, beautiful whatever you'd buy, you know. And I would buy those models because I'd be in such awe of how he had him displayed on the uh, hanging from, you know, fishing line on the ceiling or from the ceiling. And I'd buy them. I'd say, what's this all about? And I would just try to put them together and I'd have all these parts left in the box. After the fear of God, Solomon talks about instruction, knowledge, understanding, discretion, counsel. Oh, and number seven, no one likes. He talks about reproof. Someone told me a long time ago, Brother Colin, you can tell a man, a woman, a person, an adult that is serious about some, whatever situation you're dealing with them along the line in life with how they accept reproof. But see, if I don't fear God, if I don't fear God, if I don't have awe and reverential respect for God, not as my bro, but as my Savior, as my Creator. Without that fear of God, there's no common sense. That's why, you, that's why you can talk to people in your family about coming to church or living for God. And they just like, what? What? They don't get it. And they're not going to get it until a fear of God becomes the first thing supporting their daily lifestyle. A fear of God. Not, not an acknowledgement of God. A fear of God. You know why we don't do some things our flesh wants to do? We fear God. You know why we don't let ourselves go crazy? We fear God. You know we don't, why we don't let ourselves leave the house of God? We f leave the church, I mean backslide. We fear God. But without the fear of God, Brother Stacy, I don't have that common sense or discretion. I don't have that sound judgment. Biggest hindrance to profitable wisdom, either of the worldly sort and certainly of the godly sort. The biggest hindrance to profitable wisdom is carnality. And I want to say the flesh, but that, I would probably need more time to explain that. There are some good people out there that don't know how to walk in the spirit, but they're good community people. You see them volunteering at the, at the shelters. You see them volunteering at, at 
the cafes, the beans cafe type thing, just trying to help homeless people and hurting folks. They don't have the Holy Ghost, they don't have truth, but they're good people. But the biggest hindrance to profitable wisdom is carnality. Every decision I make, you make, we make, that's prompted by the works of the flesh, which according to Galatians 5, there's a list of them there. Carnality and anger, on and on and on. Those decisions that I make then, in that frame of mind, are contrary to sound wisdom. They promote foolishness. So Solomon said, this guy that, that didn't live long enough to have all this wisdom, but he had it. Proverbs 1-7, probably majority of you in here have got this scripture committed to memory. That the fear of God. What did I tell you the first pillar was? Fearing God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. It is the very first step of knowledge, understanding, revelation, discretion, sound judgment, sound decisions. Fearing God is where it all starts. I don't worry about praying people. And I don't worry one minute about praying people. It's not your business to worry anyway, Pastor. If you had faith, you wouldn't worry. Yeah, you walk a mile in my shoes, all right? One day, one day, I'm going to stand before the throne of God and give account to God for every single one of you. I, I, I was taught in Ministry 101, this is how it's going to be, Ron Herring. When God calls DJ Reisinger to come before the throne, I'm going to be right there, sir. I'm going to be right there at the throne. And I was taught, and Hebrews chapter 13 is the basis for such teaching, that God's going to ask me, did I try enough? Did I love enough? Did I care enough? Did I pray enough? But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fear of God is the beginning of it all. Foolish people don't have time to listen. Now, as I've mentioned numerous times this year, without, without um, trying to talk about it too much, according to James 3, there are three types of wisdom the writer addresses. Earthly or worldly human wisdom. Heavenly wisdom, which is what we all ultimately are searching for. And then there's that one. Then there's that devilish wisdom. Let me just give you a couple of brief examples for each. And then I want to spend most of the time, uh, the rest of the time on, on the best, which is, of course, godly wisdom. You might call these idioms. You might call these proverbs. You might call these cliches. But human wisdom, and there's so much sense to most of these that our parents taught us. 
a lot of sense to these things our parents had. Wise remarks. Don't count your chickens before they hatch, right? I, I, I teach when anybody wants to listen. Manage the highs and lows. If you don't manage the highs and lows, you get up there on that mountain, you think smooth sailing from here on. And when life comes back and teaches you that it's not all about the high points in life, then because you didn't manage how loose you let your emotions get on top of the mountain, then you're doing a lot of apologizing when you're back in the valley. And, and Don't count your chickens before the hatch. It's pretty solid wisdom right there. A bird in hand is worth what? Two in the bush. Don't tell me what you can be. Let's see what you got. Let's do it. Let's work with what we possess. If all you do is wait till tomorrow when you'll be better, what are we going to do today when we need the job to be done? A bird in hand's worth two over there in the bush. That's, there's some wisdom in that. Good things come to those who... Come on, that's just good stuff they told us. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 20, he, he, he itemized things like that as the wisdom of the world. But he also said 3 and 19 of 1 Corinthians, that sometimes the wisdom of this world is foolishness. So there's the wisdom that's of the human variety. I really, I, I've got a book uh, someone recommended I buy years ago. It's called Leaves of Gold. I've read through it twice. It's, it's just solid, just solid. And it's, it's got quotes and cliches from every theologian and philosopher, just head-scratching, mind-altering, think, thought-changing and provoking ideas. Really good stuff. Anyway, um, I think I mentioned this recently. I know I did mention it here. None of those men invented wisdom. None of those men invented philosophy. They just highlight or accentuate it. But there's a lot of good in some of it. But then let's talk about demonic wisdom. James 3, we've read this numerous times this year, 14 and 15. But he says right here, he explains it all. But... If you have bitter envy, so let's just break this down. Bitterness, envy, strife in your hearts. Solomon said, glory not, lie not against the truth, because, verse 15, now he calls that wisdom. James did, I should say. James called that wisdom. But he says it doesn't come from heaven. We know it's earthly, it's sensual, or it attaches itself to your highs and lows, your sensitivities. And then he just throws in that word devilish. What do I get out of that? You have to check your heart about things that we call or address as wisdom. It might sound reasonable in the moment. I hope you hear me. It might sound reasonable in the moment because you're angry or depressed or hurt. But if it's destructive, hateful, 
vindictive. It's of the devil. Now that, I didn't say that, James did, but it's true. If one good turn deserves another, Dad taught me that. And if you hurt me, one good turn deserves another. Earthly, sensual, devilish. So you get it. There's human wisdom, there's evil wisdom. But then there's what, what I need more of than anything. The wisdom that is from on high. Did you know God's wisdom is so deep? You can't, I can't even trace it. It, it is so deep, profound, amazing. Contains so much help for us. I'm easily over my head when I start asking God to give me wisdom because I have to say, in the way I can understand it, God. Break it down in my brain as how I know I can apply it. Because God's ways are way above our ways. And his thoughts are way above our thoughts. You give me instructions that I can't even decipher what good is the wisdom on the, on the paper. Think about this. No one has ever counseled God. In fact, I used to quote this scripture a lot in teaching on the Godhead. In fact, if God ever wants counsel, you know where he goes? To himself. Ephesians 1.11, he counsels all things after the manner of his own will. No one's ever said to God, well, I think it'd be better, wiser of you if you did it this way. Or they may have said that to God, but. God is so wise that it's impossible for him to increase in wisdom. Think about that. Because he contains all wisdom in its fullness. There's no elements of wisdom, no threads of information that God's still to research out yet. In fact, Solomon's advanced level of wisdom, in Ezekiel 28.3, you don't have this, when, when God said you're wiser than Daniel, meaning Cyrus, the ruler of, of Persia. It was an advanced, a super sped up form of the wisdom of God. God is so wise that when Solomon's first day on the job, brother, if I could go back to the first day on the job, that'd be a lot of folks sitting here that I offended by putting my foot in my mouth. Imagine that. Irreverently, disrespectfully, unnecessarily. I counseled with my pastor a few times over that over the years, and he said, all things work together for good. Period. 
Anyway, anyway, why am I getting on this tonight? It's so impossible to exhaust the, lim you know, the limit of God's wisdom. We can't do it. I just need wisdom to get through today. I need wisdom to figure out how to handle this situation or that situation. I don't want to be carnal, mean-spirited, ugly-minded. I don't want to be vindictive and hateful because I know who's promoting that in my life. Even if you deserve to be paid back, I don't have the authority of heaven to pay you back. Oh, Lord have mercy. In fact, Solomon said if God sees you asking him to pay back your enemy, he may turn it on you. He contains wisdom in its fullness. Here's a good rule of thumb for everybody. Minister or lay member. Old or young. Hungry or full. This is such a solid rule of thumb. Brother, Brother Carlos Jr., this will work every single time you're at the crossroads in life and don't know what to do. It, I guarantee you. If it doesn't work, you can have my job. You don't want it, I promise you. I have to tell the story, Brother Quint, just because it's funny and it's good, all right? I have to. About a couple years ago, I don't know where we were at, but it was a couple years ago, he came in on a Wednesday night like this, and he's a beautiful blue suit on. I'm like, Wow. You looking good tonight. You all right, brother? Can I go on with this? All right. And uh, I just said, man, you know, look nice tonight. You look good. And he leaned in, joking, I know, I think. <laughs> he leaned in and said, I'm after your job, preacher. One, one part of that deal, I didn't tell you. If you take it, there's no giving it back, all right? No returns, brother. Here's a rule of thumb, Brother Junior, it'll work every time. If you want to find the wisdom of God and you're at a crossroads in life, go directly opposite of what your flesh wants to do. That's good advice. <laughs> I want to give them a piece of my mind. I'd like to toss my keys and say, take this job. And... But somehow I don't want the devil's way to come out of my actions. Because that person I've been witnessing to on my job might see me melting down all of a sudden and say, oh, oh, so that's. The God in you. Hey, it does work that way. Go opposite of what your flesh is screaming at you to go. A lot of wisdom right there. All right. All right. I got to finish. Our text said that wisdom is justified of her children. 
justified of or in her children. Justified in Luke 7.35 and at least two other places where this story is related. Check it out in any conservative and respected commentary on your own. It means recognized. Wisdom is recognized by its children. Explain that to me again. Only the ones living in wisdom truly see the value of wisdom. Only the people heeding the advice of denying the flesh and the devil and walking in wisdom understand and see the value of that choice you're making. Wisdom is justified, recognized by those. Oh, wait a second. Yeah, I could let you have a piece of my mind, but I see how much, much better it will be if I just zip and live and humble myself. People walking in wisdom see the value of the wisdom. Worldly-minded people or people that don't pray, church-going folks that don't pray, they don't see the value of it because it's foolish to them. So I ask you without, you don't need to respond. You're just in your brain. Can a child, can a child see wisdom? Can a childish adult see wisdom? I'm, look, I'm talking about myself here, brothers. I'm not shooting at anybody. Jesus said, what's walking in wisdom sees the value. And if I rely upon the fact that the first base I need to accomplish in having Godly wisdom is to look at how I fear God in godly things. Do you reverence God's word? I know I'm long tonight. Do you reverence God's word? When I say you, I'm talking about anybody. I, don't, I really don't think there's anybody here that's this, this, this disrespectful. But if you look at the Bible and say, oh, that's outdated. Then you'll never understand the type of wisdom that James We've been talking about all year long because it begins in how you fear the Lord. If you don't believe the Bible, I'm not going to argue with you. That's your choice in life. I believe it. I fear it. I reverence it. I respect it. I admire it. I'm in awe of it. I'm in absolute wonder of it. And you want to know why Solomon was granted that advanced wisdom? This is, this is my, my observation of a scripture every one of you can read. Why? Of course God needed him to be there and Solomon accomplished with the wisdom what David did with the sword and all of the above. And although David couldn't build the tabernacle, it would be finished. Yes, 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 yes. But why did God say, okay, Solomon, here's an advanced level of godly wisdom. 
What was that first thing he did? Two moms come in. One of them sleeps on her baby, suffocates it. And selfish, self-centered, non-praying, church going, mom say, oh, no, 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 no. She took my baby. You And Solomon, in all of his 30 years of age, I'm sorry. I love you, 30-year-old, but I'm sorry. Unless you're an electrician, a plumber, a pipe fitter, or a welder, I'm not coming to you for life advice. I don't mean that to be. Now, if you're a professional in some area, wonderful. Yeah, everybody that's above 60 in this room ought to say, yeah, preacher, you're right, hallelujah. And a 30-year-old king says, bring me a sword. It's in your Bible. That story's in your Bible. You know why? Because God just gave him that advanced wisdom, knowing a real mother, a praying mother, a godly mother, a mother of wisdom, a mother of discretion, a mother that can make good decisions, will do anything to save the life of her child. Anything. If it means giving them up to save their life, I'll do it. Well, tell me any 30-year-old knew that. You don't get that out of a textbook. insulting you, 30-year-olds, love you. I'm glad you're 30. You give me something to look back on and pine for. I, yeah, I remember when I was 30. Anyway, this is why. Because when God put this 30-year-old kid, respectfully speaking, on the throne of all Israel, and Solomon goes, what am I going to do with this? I can't even hardly figure out how to raise my kids. Second Chronicles 1 verse 10. Please. He says, I just want to know how to operate properly with this people. Read the rest of the story when you get time. God said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you what you asked for because you didn't ask for the life of your enemies. You didn't ask for the riches of this world. You didn't ask me to pay back the people you hate. You just asked for wisdom to be able to make a good decision. And God said, that's the man I'm looking for. So it's no wonder people walking in that wisdom understand the value, the justification that wisdom. God of heaven, would you grant us wisdom that we need in small choices or large, in sensitive issues or non-sensitive issues, in holy matters or earthly matters, in family issues or job struggles, how to in my money, my bank account, my health, the questions I possess, would you give me wisdom? Not so that I can shine above 
my enemy, not so that I can shine above people that have wronged me, not so that I can lord over people that I think owe me, but just so that I can make a good decision in life, so that I don't make a carnal, devilish, demonic, hell-inspired choice. Brother Trace, you ruined my sermon tonight. My last scriptures at this point were going to be from the message translation you read in James 3. But I'm joking. You didn't ruin it. You confirmed it. And when you get time tonight, if you have an app on your phone that you can search, just Google the message translation. Read James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18 again. We used to sing the song, which is sort of a summary of what he read. If I live a holy life, shun the wrong and do the right, I know the Lord will make a way for me. That's the wisdom God wants us to operate in. I'm not seizing moments to get over somebody. I'm praying, God, I really need wisdom tonight. I really need you to inject in my brain how to make good choices and godly decisions. Oh, bless the Lord. Come on, let's do something different tonight. I'm not even going to look. I I promise you my eyes are closed. For the next 30 seconds, my eyes are closed. I ask the same of you respectfully. Now, if you're looking around, then God himself will have to deal with you. But only between you and the throne of God, if 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 you need that wisdom in your life. I'm not looking. I don't know who's raising their hand, but would you raise your hand with me? I've got both my hands up. I need wisdom, God. It's a financial wisdom I need. It's a health wisdom I need. I need you to inject wisdom in my my mind. Give me insight. Give me discretion. Give me the ability to choose the right thing. You see the hands, Lord. You see the needs, God. And you said, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. And I'm believing you to let the wisdom reign. Let the wisdom of God be poured out. Hallelujah. Let the wisdom of God fall in my mind and in my heart. Let the wisdom of God flow in my thoughts. Let the wisdom of God come into my decisions. Let my discretion come alive. Let soundness soundness come alive. 